What's up, designers and decorators? It's Timothy, CEO and founder of Rendima. Hey, this is Hannah with Hannah Boyer and Company. How's it going, Hannah? You always beat me to the punch, so this time I beat you to the punch. Well, this time I stayed silent and <laughs> jumped in. <laughs> well, I still beat you to the punch. Let's talk about networking today because I think networking... Okay, I have to admit something to you. I I suck at networking because I'm an extroverted introvert, which means that I'm an extrovert when I need to be, but 99.999% of the time... I'm an introvert, even more so to a, fa- of a little like tidbit about me when I was younger and my mom punished me. It was the best thing in the world because she said, go to your room and she took away my phone, which is that's fine. I'm an introvert. I'm not on the phone anyway. And the TV and my room was like my sanctuary. So networking for me personally, I struggle with it. And I know I have to go and do it, but I know yeah. you're probably opposite of that. No. Oh, gee, I think it's (laughs) no, I don't think I'm opposite of you. I I think organically it has served me really well, but I haven't gone out and really sought out networking Mm. opportunities. They've kind of just found me as I've grown my business. That yes, I, you literally put that in. Yeah. I'm the same way. Okay. I, for some reason, it's funny because like when we talk, we we talk like as if we've known each other for 50 years, <laughs> even though we're, we're not even like late thirties, but yeah. I feel like you're so, like, you are, I, I don't know. I felt like I've always thought you were like an extrovert that like, if you were to be thrown in a crowd that you would just be, make everyone naturally smile and shift over to you. And you'd be like, Hey everyone, I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. I can do really well on one-on-one, but when it comes to like being a crowd of people, mm. I will wallflower hardcore. Oh yeah. Like when I was in high school, I was the kid in the corner at the dance, <laughs> just mm-hmm. peering into the crowd. But let's talk about some of our, let's say five top ways to network for success. Even though like both of it's funny that we're even talking about this episode because both of us really don't network. <laughs> but I feel like if I were to network, these are probably the top five ways that, that I would do it. So I'll go first. The first one I think is networking with builders, like home builders in the area. I used to, and the way I did this, and I, I have done this when I was actively designing, I partnered with a GC and I know that's one of them, but I partnered with a GC who primarily focused with new home builds. And what I, the way I approached them was it was actually through a project that I had with a client who actually didn't go with him on the construction side and went with another contractor and that contractor wound up getting into a bunch of legal stuff and then was fired from this project. And then the client was like, Oh, by the way, why don't we just look at the contractor that I didn't choose? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So, uh, <laughs> sarcasm if you didn't catch that. So we wound up calling him and we just hit it off. It was like, he was pretty amazing. He was like, you know, I just send our clients to, to, to Lowe's and home Depot, just like tile. And I was like, dude, we, if we went 50, 50 on material selection, I can get the same tile, like way cheaper through trade, you know, trade only resources. Um, right. And then that's just how that started. And, you know, every single project that they did, I was their lead designer on in addition to all the work that I was doing. So builders alone, I think are at the top of my list. 
Yeah, I would say the same being, you know, a fly on the wall for designers and their projects. Um, Builders has seemed to be one of the best mm, monetization, right? Like it's constant work. Everyone benefits. Seems, mm-hmm. Yeah. Win. Well, yeah. Not only that, a lot of builders, they just buy builder grade stuff. But if they're a builder that also does like, you know, custom homes for a client, there, there's a lot of profit revenue that comes from, you know, the, the actual material that if they're just going to Lowe's and Home Depot, most of the time they were just selling it at cost to the client, not realizing that they can go to like, you know, a trade only showroom and, you know, sign up there and they actually get it almost close to manufacturer cost. Cause that same tile from Lowe's is, you know, 75 cents a square foot at Lowe's, which number one, that's crappy material anyway, for porcelain tile. It's so cheap, but Lowe's probably gets that same exact tile for maybe 15 cents a square foot. And so the, the, the builders really aren't in tune to that component of what we do in this industry and designers are. So that it was like a, it was perfect because there was a lot of more profit in their pockets in addition to ours. For sure. So what's one for you? Mine would be architects. Uh, there's been a couple of designers who I've worked with who have a partnership with architects um, where the architect will draft everything up that will become approved. And then they will say, you know, the designer that we work with is so-and-so. I know we had talked about this earlier. It can have some some good pieces and some bad pieces. And an example of that would be when the when you aren't working with an architect directly and you're brought into the project later on and the functionality that is being addressed as a designer has not been addressed from the architect side. And Having that, having to redesign a lot of things. I have a, a kitchen and a laundry room in mind where it like was not functioning as it should have for the needs of the design of the client that were oh yeah. So like one thing that irritates the heck out of me in my own house is because I wasn't involved in the construction of it, and trust me, if I was, this would have never happened. There is a air conditioning and heater vent on the wall. But there is like literally an inch and a half from the top of the the, the vent plate to yeah. the ceiling, which makes it to where I would have to, if I wanted to put um, crown molding in my office, I would have to stop the crown molding before the air vent and then continue it after the air vent. Like if I were involved as a designer in the construction of this particular house, if I were to ever use crown molding, I would make sure to tell my architect, look, we're going to do crown molding. So let's put the vent lower on the wall or put it on the ceiling and further away from the wall and the ceiling. So that way there was room for me to make sure that there's a consistent crown molding in that particular room without having to break it. Yeah. And I think that you know, if you have the right partnership with the architect, you could really create something beautiful together, right? Because you're approaching... Yeah project from different mindsets and you can ensure that it's going to be a really cohesive and designed that it will also really serve the client well, right. in all the, and uh, all of its da- their daily living and, and such. Yeah. The other thing too, I mean, most architects nowadays already have like an interior design department in their firm because of that. So the, the key to that, if you were to partner with an architect, 
is when you're when you're looking for local architects, definitely look at their website and even builders too. And just make sure that they're not actually like they don't have an internal interior design department or stuff like that, because there's more and more architect firms that are realizing the benefits of using an interior designer um, in conjunction with what they're doing on architecture, uh, that they're starting to like combine the two. And I, okay, side note, I actually really do think that's another reason why architects don't want us to be regulated because of the fact then they can do a lot of this stuff their own and have it all in-house. Whereas if the industry is regulated, that's more things that they would have to do to be regulated, you know, in addition to regulation for architect, uh, for the architect industry. But that's like a whole other talk that we're going to have later down the road. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Opening up a can of worms there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, a hot topic. Regulation, that word, the R word is, is such a word that people shy away from, but I love talking about it. So we'll get there soon. What's, uh, what's another one that you think would be good too? And I'll do the last one. Yeah. I think that getting to know other designers in your area is a huge benefit, um, for a couple of reasons, but the one that comes to mind initially is for project referral, right? If there is a client that comes in that doesn't either meet your budget or your scope of work or your mm. sensibility, whatever that may be, having someone else um, to go to or for them to go to, you know, benefits the whole industry. But then I think there's a ton of value to just the community aspect of sharing your experiences and helping one, one another grow and level up as you discuss the nuances of the industry. Oh, sure. And I'm going to get onto a little rant here, <laughs> per <laughs> usual. For those, of, and I know for a fact, and I'm just going to make people like widen their eyes for the ones who are thinking this way, but that's competition, right? That That's like the number one thing that runs through their mind when it's, when you talk about networking with local designers or even giving a project to a local designer, like people don't usually talk about that. I think that our industry or our um, our generation, Hannah, more so are so much more open to the community over competition than your much older designers, the more seasoned designers that have built their empire, so to speak, and would never give a client to another designer. They would almost rather have that client wait three years to hire them than say, oh, you know, I can't take on your project. It's not possible for me. Um, let's just go ahead and, and have you talk to Hannah at Hannah Boyer and Company. The team will be, will be lovely for your project and really support that other designer. Because at the end of the day, what people don't realize too is put yourself in the client's perspective, right? If you had a designer that you've done work for, you know, work worth before, um, and they say, hey, you know, Hannah, right now, we just don't have the capacity to take your project, but here's a designer that you can go look at. I would actually, that would make me want to wait for that designer for being so willing to, to be like, hey, here's another designer that you can go to so you can get your project done versus yeah. the client being in a situation of like, I want to hire you, um, but you're telling me basically to wait a whole you know year and a half. And by then things can change and blah, blah, blah. So it's the psychological perspective of you're still helping that client, even though if it's not working with you yourself. Yep. Yep, that's what a lot of designers, a lot of people in general, we won't generalize to interior design, but you know, a lot of people 
think that way, even in other industries like, you know, branding industries and graphic designers and photographers. And it's just all it's it's a human natural response to be like, they're doing the same thing as me. They're competition. But in reality, you're not competition because you're a totally different person. You're a different firm. There's a different process. There's different style component. There are so many factors that go into why another designer is not competition. But uh, I will leave it there because we can talk about an, a whole hour on that part <laughs> alone. So, yes. So what would be the, the last one, Timothy, that you could, I mean, we could probably come up with like 15 different things. Oh, but. easy. I, you know, I think local vendors, I... I, I'm when I was actively designing, I tried finding, you know, the smallest mom and pa tile shop that I can find uh, and really supporting that. Because at the end of the day, those mom and pa tile shops, of course, they're they're They are in competition. Totally, totally different thing. They're e-commerce. They're not interior design services. But, um, you know, they are in competition with like Arizona Tile and Home Depot and Lowe's and you know, they're hustling, they're, they're hustling just as much as you to get clients in the door. So I say those local mom and pa shops, 110%, make friends with them, buy them lunch, make them want to say to every single client who walks through the door, oh, do you want, you know, a designer to help you? I know someone. Um, I did that for a couple of mom and pa tile shops and it was literally a game changer for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that everyone wants to have those really genuine conversations and those relationships that feel mutually benefiting. And I think that it's just a really a, a beautiful relationship that can, can grow as you allow it to. Oh, sure. And to kind of piggyback off of <laughs> the referral, pure referral for other mm-hmm. designers, I've I've also known that this industry is very much a don't share your resources with other designers. And I'm totally against that because let's, let's, let's kind of play devil's advocate here. If you're a designer, 100%, if you're like even new, or maybe you're older, more seasoned, whatever the case is, ask your fellow designers, Hey, where, you know, where do you go like for a cabinet make uh, for your cabinet maker or uh, you know, who, who's your tile installer? And the reason why you want to do that and be open to sharing that resource with another designer is because at the end of the day, if you don't share that resource with your peers and community, that entire installer eventually will go out of business and they're not going to be able to sustain with just your projects. And guess what? Now you also have to find another tile installer. So if you're more of a community focus and say, hey, designer, I, you're looking for a tile installer, 100% use my guy, George. He's your guy. You're giving more business to George and George is going to stay in business longer because you helped get George more business. Despite the fact that it's not your own project, who gives a shit about that? It is the fact of you helping George get more business to keep him in business. So that way you have George for installation for your tile for another project. Yeah. And I also think about, yeah, you're keeping the, the good ones in business. You are elevating the experience and the the service for mm-hmm. other just like the design industry in general right because if the designer can can know that that tile installer is trustworthy and they don't have you know some crappy experience then it benefits everyone because there's people are going to talk and they say oh we had a great experience with so and so and you know it is it just overall just improves 
the industry rather than than branching out and trying someone new per se and maybe not having the ideal experience. Yeah, of course. And and kind of piggybacking off that too is if for whatever reason, let's say, you know, another designer shared their resource with you and you're starting to work with them and, you know, that designer winds up going out of business or retiring, that's, you know, that's business for you now that, that you're also helping the community grow and keeping a, you know, reputable designer in the industry in the community uh, that you're retiring from or situations where there could be a client that you really don't want. And this designer is kind of struggling, then say, you know what, I don't want this client anyway, just give me a, you know, finder's fee or, you know, like, let's maybe work out an agreement on something with this project. And maybe that client will be a way better fit for the other designer than you. And guess what, now you don't have to worry about a headache. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I see it. There's things to be said about personality differences too. So yeah, everyone's, I mean, it's, it's regardless of an, you know, another designer and a client intermixed with that, uh, everyone has different person, even different personalities from designer to designer. Maybe there's a designer that is really snooty and you don't want to work with them. That's fine. And you don't work with them, but at least, you know, kind of give them an olive branch in a sense to say that you're not this enemy that they should be worried about and that you're really there for the community and not, you know, not them. You're not there to make, you know, buddy, buddy. You're there to help the community at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I think those are probably our top, we did top four. Uh, like you said earlier, we can go kind of haywire on that, but maybe we'll do a blog post about it or something. But uh, if you guys have any more insight that you want to share, feel free to email us and we'll be glad to maybe add it to the blog post or something. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what has worked for other designers because, you know, we started out this podcast by saying, we're not that great at networking. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, what's working for you and we can learn from you guys as well. Yeah. And of course there's like, you know, high point market and Vegas market and, you know, all of that stuff. We, we definitely know, but let's get unique with it. Like share, share what's like, you know, one unique way that you're networking for your business. And um, if you want to share it with us, we'll add it to a blog post and we'll of course tag you in it for SEO backlinking. Um, and we'll be happy to take care of you that way, but thanks for tuning in. It was, uh, really fun. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Hannah or myself. The information is in the description. Of course, feel free to subscribe and rate and, um, just remember to smile. (laughs) Thanks guys. Take care.